This microphone smells like Lysol. <laughs> I, I cleaned up Matt's microphone because I figured he wouldn't want to be anywhere near the boy germs. <clears throat> yeah, the flu germs for sure. Well, I don't know if he had flu the last time he was in here. <laughs> Comfy? You need a better chair? Well, not unless I just bring this to myself. Yeah, you can bring the mic wherever you want it. That's what the arm's for. Ah! <laughs> I am recording right now. You are. It's attacking me. <laughs> the microphone yes. arm is attacking you? Yes. <laughs> if you hold the, you hold this part, usually oh. the rest of the arm will follow. You see? Ah. There you go. Got it. Sort of. Okay. Comfy now? All right. On a scale of one to 10, I am at a four right now. For discomfort? Yes. <laughs> you wanted a pillow or something? Mentally. Oh, mentally discomfort. Well, I can't do anything about you being <laughs> nervous except for trying to make you comfortable. Okay. <laughs> You've done this before. Once. Once. And a long time ago. <laughs> it's only been a couple months. I think you're going to be fine. I think everybody's going to love having you back on. You were requested by several people, and several people were excited to hear that you're coming back on. I needed um, 50 likes before I came back on. Did I get it? <laughs> you didn't get anywhere near 50 likes. Damn it. <laughs> you can still move things around, but like, you know. You heard that? Well, I think it might have been the pen or something that you tapped on the desk. Maybe it was your ring. Yeah, see, that comes through sometimes. Okay. Which isn't a huge, huge deal, but it makes it harder to edit if pen clicks and things like that. Can you hear me breathing? No. Well, if you breathe heavy. <laughs> are you trying to get on my nerves before we get started? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could love you anymore. You feeling more relaxed now that you're grating on me and trying to get me annoyed? Yeah, this is good. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, steamy, truly and pioristic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody Psyops with Hort and Matt. Hello and welcome to Cinema Psyops. As you may or may not have heard already, unfortunately, Matt is down right now with the sickness. And by down, I mean down for the count. He's got the flu, all sorts of nasty stuff for coming out of him in all sorts of directions. And it's not verbal this time. It's literal diarrhea. It's so gross. But luckily for everyone, my wife is amazing and is joining me in the studio tonight. How are you doing, sweetie? Very well, thank you. <laughs> she agreed to do a show pretty much on short notice, like you agreed last night. We watched the movie and got it taken care of pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so because of that, we are actually going to do a movie. I gave you a couple of different choices, like what, like a list? Yeah, I gave me like at least seven to choose from. Yeah, and it was all it was all movies that I figured we'd, we'd want to do together, you know, at some point in time, or at least movies that you wouldn't want me to cover without you on the show. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, Very uh, upset. Yeah, and then we whittled it 
down and we chose Tucker and Dale versus Evil because we figured that would be the most fun to do our little couples therapy episode on. Oh shit, I forgot to wear my sweatshirt or my t-shirt. <laughs> you can wear your t-shirt because you actually own it, but the sweatshirt is mine. Are you wearing the sweatshirt right now? No, I am not. Oh, see, I could have been wearing it this whole time. <laughs> it's my sweatshirt. You don't get to keep it. All right, we got to pause this so I can go get one on. <laughs> so you can go grab my Tucker and Dale sweatshirt or your shirt. Yeah. Yeah, we got that from Fright Rags for us. That was a surprise. I bought you a baseball t-shirt of the movie. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the movie or the shirt? Both. Yeah. And then I bought a t-shirt for myself and then eventually they had a sale and they had just so happened to have a sweatshirt in my size. So I bought that. And you've been eyeballing that sweatshirt ever since. My sweatshirt. <laughs> you've been wanting to take the t-shirt of mine as well. My t-shirt. Yeah. So spoil alert, everybody. Bev loves the film. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you still feel a little bit nervous sitting here in the studio with me or you're feeling okay now? This is where you enter crickets. <laughs> I can put crickets in. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Yeah? Yes. All right. Now that I have adoring fans and all. <laughs> wow, that did not take you very long at all. <laughs> The podcaster ego is already strong with this one. <laughs> oh, it's so adorable. All right. So if we're ready to go for the movie, let's not uh, mince too much time with this cute little couple stuff that we like to do because I've already been told that we're way too sweet. And a couple of people have said that they're going to need to get medication for diabetes before they listen to this. I have a great dentist. <laughs> For sweetness. <laughs> for the teeth? For the teeth. Yeah, yeah, but they're more worried about their blood sugar level and, uh, oh, okay. you know. Well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Thankfully, neither one of us has to worry about that, the diabetes part of it. Yeah, nope. Let's knock on wood on that. All right, folks, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a promo for a podcast fronted by a man I have a little bit of a man crush on. Pause. No, that's my bromance. Oh, your bromance. Yeah, the man crush is the man from down under. Which man down under? The witch. Which one? The witch. Which man from down under? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who's on first, Beverly? <laughs> we'll take a break here. We'll play a promo from The Witch from Down Under and <laughs> The Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. We will have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will play the trailer from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the Witch. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the dimensional divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash which vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as which can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Hangman, 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 slack your rope while I think I see my father. Coming across a mile Father, did you bring me any silver? Father, did you bring me any gold? Father, did you come to see me? Hanging from the gallows pole 
hanging from the gallows pole. Hangman, 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 slack your rope. I think I see my sweetheart coming across the mile. Sweetheart, did you bring me any silver? Sweetheart, did you bring me any gold? Honey, did you come I bet you're happy. Yeah, haha, Tonka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I know. you. We saw the band. We both were into them live. And then you bought the CDs and you got way into them, way more than I did. Didn't you buy them for me? Like three of them. I think I did. Yeah, I think I went back because they had like um, some kind of a, a deal. And I was like, well, if I'm going to buy a physical copy, I might as well buy it directly from them. Yeah. You got some of them signed, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a long time ago. Yeah, I guess. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. Um, I don't know. We just got three records from them, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I can guarantee is definitely still around is this trailer. Oh, geez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? No. We got your friend. They captured Allison. It's some pancakes. You hate pancakes. I'm, I'm gonna make you something else. What am I doing here? You fell into the water. I dove in and rescued you. We'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. What is this place? It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? All right. Maybe I will. I said maybe. Dale? What are you doing? I'm, I'm digging a crapper hole. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. <laughs> Oh, good looking friends are here. Are you okay? Run! Come on, be alive! Saw your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. This is a suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Girl that we have. She can maybe explain the whole thing. You've got another one inside. Yeah, she's in my bedroom. Heads up. Oh, you gotta take the safety off on the side there. Don't do that. Ah! Ah! Start being more careful. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Time to die, freak. Stop double roll. No, don't don't use that. Let's get you down from there. Wait. Sorry about that. This vacation sucks. It's a pretty great trailer, actually. Yeah, kind of spoiler. Well, all trailers are spoilers. That's why I try to avoid them now. That's a Dave Z patented thing that I've decided to go along with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you've ever heard me talk about Dave. Dave's a fellow podcaster, and he's adamant against trailers. And I adopted that thought process to avoid them and just go with, like, maybe reading a description or whatever to try and get an idea about whether or not you'd want to see the film and then go from there. Yeah, you kind of got me doing it, too. At least if I look at a trailer, I'm like, what, two seconds of it, and then I'm like, okay, I decided. <laughs> it helps to, for me, I, I do, like, uh, I do a description of the film to get a kind of idea about it. I might look up a few still images and like posters and things like that that I would have seen like say Fangoria or something back in the day and that'll tell me whether or not I want to watch it. That's how I like to find out about a movie. Yeah, but Court, just tell everybody you'll watch any kind of movie. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey's Sparkle that's sitting on the shelf. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think Mariah Carey did a movie called Sparkle. Is it Sparkle? Something like that, right? Butterfly or uh, some shit know. like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so maybe not that one. <laughs> a movie that doesn't exist starring a person that you can't tolerate? Why yeah. would that be on my shelf? And tell everybody that uh, the movies that you don't approve of with your other movies are upstairs. <laughs> their own little shelf. They're banished. That Corey won't let them like touch on the other like awesome movies. That's not how it works. It is. No, that's yep. just we needed space to be filled in the shelf, so we brought DVDs upstairs to watch with the DVD player upstairs. But you won't let me take the cool ones upstairs. <laughs> well, yeah, the cool ones have to stay in the theater room. That just makes sense. All right, whatever. <laughs> with the Plex server, you can have movies anywhere. <laughs> He's selling Plex now? Yes. I want an endorsement <laughs> from Plex. <laughs> no, I'm just an avid fan. I really like that software, so I'm very happy with it. All right. Are we ready to talk about the movie now? Yeah. All right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I thought so. Either that or we're going to nauseate people with how cute of a couple we are. <laughs> All right. So the film opens with a reporter and a cameraman, which happens to be the reporter is the wife of the director and the cameraman is actually the writer and director of the film, Eli Craig. I think I told you that. Several times. <laughs> yeah, Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, when she was there, I tried to point that out. And I do believe she was a Power Ranger, too, if I'm not mistaken. And if my trivia reading skills are correct. <laughs> I don't know for that one. Yeah, well, not that you care about the Power Rangers. That was a little after our time to be interested in stuff like that when we were kids. Yep. Never watched it. I've only ever watched it just because it was around and I noticed that it was there. But I mean, it was going head to head with things like Animaniacs or whatever. Then I'm more interested in Animaniacs. Yeah. All right. So they're basically breaking into a crime scene, this reporter and her cameraman. And they're looking for something or anything that the cops may have not noticed or left behind or any kind of thing they can use for an exclusive to find to basically jump her career ahead. I always thought they were like college students looking for doing like a documentary thing. Nah, it's it's definitely a reporter. You see it later. They're the same ones that are at the end of the film where it's a full-fledged reporter that's broadcast on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they don't really make it that obvious at the beginning. <laughs> and I, truth be told, I don't like this part as an intro. I don't think it belongs there or needs to be there. Yeah. And I think it kind of spoils the end of the film a little bit because they get jumped by a horribly burnt man and they cut from that to three days ago. Oh, that's right. Now I kind of remember. Yeah, I just kind of ignore that part too. Yeah, it's it brings nothing to the film and it doesn't matter until you actually get on the road with Tucker and Dale and the college kids. Yeah. Which actually is happening in our very first clip. Yeah, guys, see, this is my dad's car. So if I go any faster, he will kill me. Oh, shit! Jesus, that was close. Fucking assholes! We are on Hillbilly Country now, boys. Chad, just because you're not in your fraternity doesn't mean they're freaks. Well, actually, it does, Allison. You see, you're either Omega Beta or you're a freak. Omega Beta! Omega Beta! I'm in a car full of morons. No, if we were morons, we wouldn't have thought to bring this. Okay, I, I stand corrected. You are a fucking genius. Hey, hey, Chuck, speed up, man. They're gonna pass us. Oh, jeez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Hey, guys. Guys. We forgot the beer. No! I love the opening of the film when Tucker and Dale are in the truck and they pass them and they're just kind of staring at them and they're both like just slack jawed looking at them and they actually do look kind of intimidating and something's not right about them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's one of the things that this movie does really, really well. When they actually frame the shots of Tucker and Dale from the college kids perspective, you actually can see why they would be terrified of them. Yeah. It's actually pretty funny. All right. So like during this, Tucker and Dale does pass them and they do look pretty darn freaky in that first shot. And that 
that's when the college kids, or at least one of the ladies that's with them, realizes that they forgot the beer. So they pull over at a country store that is serious, serious back country. <laughs> and I, where I grew up, actually, I've seen stores like that <laughs> and gas stations. Yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that for a quick moment. Some of the places that uh, they show in the film kind of do look a little bit like where I grew up. <laughs> yep, court lives on the hill. Mountain folk. <laughs> hill folk, yeah. Hill folk, mountain folk. Well, I took you up the mountain to the really scary parts that are even scarier than... Yeah, than- the shacks. Yeah, <laughs> really far up there with people that don't even send their kids to school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. I wonder, where's this film um, filmed at? Does it say? Um, it was made in. I think it was shot in like uh, Canada or oh, somewhere. Yeah, like sure. it's supposed to take place in the Appalachia in West Virginia, but the trees don't match up. Appalachians. Yeah, the Appalachian Appalachian Mansion, okay. mountains. Yeah, and so that's where it's supposed to take place, and it's supposed to be somewhere in West Virginia, but it's basically filmed somewhere in Canada. You can tell the difference if you yeah. look at the trees. They they don't look like the temperate climate trees that we have <laughs> they just don't it doesn't feel the same yeah i got you all right so tucker and the clerk are staring at the kids whenever they walk into this country store and i love how both tucker and the clerk are equally as weirded out by these college kids as they are by them at one point when they walk past the clerk looks at tucker and he's like you see what they were wearing <laughs> like man they're weird what are they doing here <laughs> I just think it's funny that, uh, you know, these cultural differences between where these people are with your city-fied, uh, you know, college kids, and then you got your country bumpkin hick type guys. You don't look like you from around here kind of people. Yeah. All right. So the kids are looking for beer. They even ask the clerk. He points them out into the direction of where the beer is. And the douche canoe asshole that is Chad runs back to the back of the store to get the beer. Allie starts shopping for things that are actually kind of essential for being in the woods. Like she wants to know if they have bug spray <laughs> and can Considering that all that they really brought with them was pot so far, I don't see any food <laughs> in their cooler or anything like that. So they're bringing pot and beer. I'm, it's a pretty safe assumption that they did not get bug spray. Yeah. But she reaches for it. And as she pulls the can away, she catches a glimpse of Dale staring straight ahead at her. And again, the way that it's framed, <laughs> Dale looks creepy as hell. And then he like grabs something and like looks away and walks off. The he, pickled eggs. Yeah. He did have a jar of pickled eggs with yeah. him. One of the girls comes in and starts talking talking with Allie about how weird things are and then they notice that they're being looked at again so they get really freaked out and decide to go outside and they leave the store and that leads us to our next clip. Oh hot dog Tucker have you ever seen anything like that in your life? There's nothing so special about them. They're just your average college girls. Nothing average about them. You know something, Dale? She's just human. Why don't you go over there and talk to her? Talk to her? What? What in the world would I say? I don't know. Tell her that she got a vacation home. That'll probably impress her. Are you out of your mind, Tucker? You're college girls, okay? They grew up with vacation homes and guys like me fixing their toilets. You gotta have some faith in yourself, man. Girls can smell fear. Now, come on. You are a good-looking man, more or less. You got a damn good heart. Yep. I mean, that's two things right there. Now, go on. Get over there. What's the worst that can happen? You know something? You're right, Tuck. I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm gonna do it right now. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, no. Whatever you say, just smile and laugh. That shows confidence. Smile and laugh. Okay. Do it. All right. You guys, uh, going camping? <laughs> hey. Now look, we don't want any trouble, all right? So just help back. Oh, okay, oh, oh. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. Get in the truck. 
It's like a good looking cooler. Uh, I told you, Tucker. I'm a zero with the ladies. They hate my face. Come on. That last line, they hate my face, he improvised that. Did he really? Yeah, That's Tyler Levine improvised that. <laughs> he's got the greatest freaking laugh. Yeah, his laugh's awesome. Even when he's purposely doing like a creepy laugh, like he's just, he's great. I love Tyler Levine. Can we just talk about Alan Tudyk and Tyler Levine and talk yes. about how amazing they are? I want to talk about that. <laughs> Everything that both of them are in, every character that they have ever played, they own the movie when they're on screen. Yeah. And you would think that the two of them being big personalities that they are and like how they own the movies or TV shows that they're in when they're on screen, you would think that they would kind of combat and look for attention. But these two feed off each other and they need to be like a comic duo, like a Laurel and Hardy or... Yeah, I was going to say, we need, we need another movie with them in. They're supposed be to be. They confirmed that they're making a sequel. Like they're both... Oh, there is a sequel they, for they, Tucker and Dale? They both said they're going to do it, but that was like in 2016 or 2015 and there hasn't really been a lot of news. But oh, okay. when they're asked about it, they both say that that's something they're trying to get going. So... Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm fucking there. <laughs> I still call Tyler Sock. Oh, yeah. I can't help it. Well, that's how I sold you this movie originally whenever we were getting ready to see it. Yeah. Because I started watching it and I think I got to maybe the first death that happens in the film or somewhere around there. And I started laughing my ass off and I stopped the movie and I told you you needed to watch it and I started it over again. And I was like, it has Sock in it. And then <laughs> I forget how I referred to Alan Tudyk before we knew the, the name of the film. I think the, I might have knew his name. I think. Because that's pretty unique. Yeah, and if uh, if you didn't know him, I say he was the look at my package guy from 28 yeah. Days. Look with, at my package. With Sandra Bullock. I think that's yeah. how I would tell you. Their favorite scene in that movie. <laughs> he is so fucking funny in that movie. He is. He's great. Yeah, he's like the best part of that movie for sure. All right, so <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about Tucker and Dale versus Zero. I know, but they're pretty awesome. Yeah, they are a great comedic duo. I want to yeah. see more movies with the two of them together. I think that would be an awesome combo for comedy. I just want to say that also perhaps walking over to talk to a girl with a scythe that you're going to be looking like the Grim Reaper with. Not the best idea. No. Especially the way he walks with it, where it's just over his head and he's just dragging it over there. And then he spins the thing around. He's like, y'all, going camping? <laughs> it's so fucking funny, but it's so creepy. Yeah. Which is what makes it funny. This is so brilliantly put together, the way that they do it. Because you can tell, yeah, that would be really scary if you didn't know the guy, but... Well, yeah, of course it would. But the misunderstanding, the comedy of errors part of it. That's what makes it so funny. We then see everybody is on the road and they're heading on the way to the cabin. Um, this is a road specifically going up for the new vacation home slash cabin that Tucker has purchased. And Tucker gives Dale a nice speech about how Dale needs more confidence and that he's actually a really good guy. You know, he's got a big heart. Even, even I think he reiterates to him that he's not as ugly as he thinks he is. And then somewhere during this, his road beer, which you should never do, folks. Don't do road beers. A roadie. <laughs> road dog, road beer, whatever you want to call it. You don't drink. Traveler. Yeah, don't drink and drive and don't drink while driving alcohol anyway. Well, Alan, was Alan Tunic drinking? Yeah, that was a beer. Yeah, <laughs> they're oh. constantly drinking, both of them. It was a PBR too, because I guess that's his favorite beer or whatever. But anyway, he drops the beer can and it gets lodged like somewhere in his crotch or on the, on the floorboards or something like that. And they can't get to it and they're trying to keep it from spilling and wasting the beer. So <laughs> Dale decides to go and try and help him. And by him leaning down and trying to get under the steering wheel in between Tucker's legs to get the beer or whatever it is, he then gets stuck. His shirt gets caught on something, and I don't know what it is. We don't really know. <laughs> and just as that happens, a cop pulls up, and then we have this sort of blowjob visual 
solid gag where <laughs> as soon as the cop walks up to the truck, Dale pulls back, rips off his shirt <laughs> and is all mussed up and they're trying to hide the beer. But it sure looks like he just finished giving a blowjob or moved away just in time before the cop got there. <laughs> The bacon then insinuates that horrible things await them at the cabin. I think he says something about a pain and fear that you can't possibly understand or something like that. Did you say the bacon? Yeah. You mean the cop? The, the Yeah. <laughs> the pig. Okay. <laughs> Would you prefer the fuzz? Yeah, the fuzz sounds better. I don't know. <laughs> he's just trying to warn him. You don't call him a pig unless they do something bad. Fair enough. Yeah, he's actually, he's a good cop. He really is. I, I probably shouldn't give him shit. Of all the cops that end up in these kind of films, he's probably the nicest, most understanding, and actually decent human being. Yeah. He insinuates that horrible things await them at the cabin and there's nothing but fear and pain, and they don't even notice that he says that. They just kind of shine it on. They're more concerned about getting away from him and him not noticing that they're drinking while driving. Yeah. DWD folks don't do it. But after he sends them on their merry way, the boys end up driving up to the cabin. And I love how most things that you see in the road on the way up there, like the abandoned truck and how the shape of the cabin actually is, the boys are actually amazed and like super excited. Like as soon as they notice this old rusted out truck that's just kind of sitting there and it's there's nothing left, they're like, oh, look at that truck. That's awesome. They're like super happy to see it. And you almost wonder if like they're going to try and fix it up at some point or why they're so excited to see the truck. Or maybe it's just that everything's amazing to them because it's just this new thing that they've not gotten to experience. Yeah, I'd be excited about a cabin in the woods. <laughs> not if you're in a horror movie, you shouldn't be. No. <laughs> All the stuff that a more city-fied folk would actually be terrified of, they're amazed at and they absolutely love. So they get to the actual cabin and they say that it's perfect. Why did they call this a fixer-upper? Everything's great about it. Although it has branches sitting on top of the roof and the roof looks like part of the part of the porch that comes off the roof has fallen in a little bit and it's all boarded up and everything. But I guess for a rustic you know, cabin in the woods, kind of thing you really wouldn't want too much or too fancied i don't know i would want pretty fancy stuff <laughs> you're citified you would, yeah you would want a very fancy cabin yeah no hillbilly <laughs> sleeps underneath the stars <laughs> i don't know where the accent just came from <laughs> your brain pan yeah <laughs> All right. So they love the cabin. They're super excited about it. They think it's great. And I love how they just kind of completely misunderstand or completely ignore anything, including the serial killer newspaper clippings that show up in the cabin. They go through all of them and you just kind of see them flash one at a time. And like, you know, that's bad news when you're seeing it, but they don't read it. They don't look at the headlines. They're just like, oh man, somebody's a news fan or something like that. And then they get extremely excited when they see that there is a two for one, buy two, get one free special for chili dogs at a, a restaurant near by that sells chili dogs or a, a chili dog stand or something and it has no expiration date. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Yeah, then they, don't they just like walk in and say that they must have been a collector or something because all the bones hanging from the ceiling and yeah, yeah and just, like trinkets. Yeah, and they, they don't, like normal things that you'd be like, okay, this this screams serial killer or bad person lived here and they're like, oh man, they must have been a collector <laughs> with all the bones and, yeah. and then they love the newspaper clippings. They don't even really read them. They just think, oh, whatever and then they get super excited about the coupon, particularly the fact that it has no expiration date. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And at that point, uh, Tucker goes to lean on a very bad support beam, which I have labeled as the support beam of foreshadowing. And that almost kills him, but Dale saves his life by jumping and knocking him out of the way. And then Dale stays on top of him for a little bit too long, and that kind of makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> and they cut from that to the cards kit! And our next clip. I have a reoccurring dream about sucking a dick, but you never do it. Are you 
you gay? Yes. Yes. Really? Guys, guys. Are you serious? Guys, you guys what? You guys want to hear a scary story? No. No. Chuck, no. 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 Absolutely not. That's that's not funny, guys. That, it's such a liar. happened to my cousins, I think. Now, do you fuckers want to hear a real story? Huh? This story happened right here, right in these very woods. It was 20 years ago today. The Memorial Day Massacre. How a bunch of college kids, just like us, they came out here to have a good time. But little did they know that they weren't the only ones in these here woods. Hey man, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, put that back on! No, 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 this is cool, this is cool, I like this. <laughs> only one person lived to tell this story. The rest of them just disappeared. And their bodies are buried beneath us. Hey, hey, there's a lake back there. Who wants to go skinny dipping? I do. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, I'm not getting naked. Okay, so during the clip, we see kids in the 90s getting slaughtered by hellbillies, which are very evil hillbillies for those at home that may not know that. <laughs> That's just a normal Tuesday up there in the mountains. <laughs> 90s kids getting slaughtered on yeah. vacation? Yeah. <laughs> it's not every mountain. <laughs> Not every mountain. But I will say that I, I do live in the spot where they say if you, you turn this direction, you, you're going the wrong way. It's a wrong turn and it's really bad. <laughs> that I live on the right turn. You live on the right turn? <laughs> yeah. If you, on the wrong turn? If you make the correct turn, you go, you go to civilization and people that won't try to kill and eat you, as far as I know. <laughs> but if you go the other direction, that's pretty much how far out in the middle of nowhere I grew up. I think you're branded, Corin. I think they know not to fuck with you. <laughs> Oh, people don't have to worry about me. I'm not, I'm not threatening. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. So they cut from this to Tucker and Dale night fishing as Tucker bullies Dale a little bit for the last beer. This is something about how he has to stand up for himself. And as soon as he tries to, by grabbing the last beer, Tucker slaps his hand and says, don't even think about it. And then Dale says, but you, you told me to stand up for myself. And then he goes, but what did I also tell you? Don't even think about it. Now don't even think about it. <laughs> uh, they cut from that to Allie getting scared by Chad, the psycho douche who is sure fucking rapey and gross right off the bat. He tells her that like they're meant to be together and that she can drop the act about how she thinks she's better than everybody else. But then he says she is better than everybody else and acts like she's perfect for him and that they need to get to know each other. And then he goes in for an extremely aggressive kiss and tries to pin her against a door. And it's just fucking gross. Not just because the guy's name's Chad, but because he's fucking gross and it's just really disgusting. Yeah, you want to punch him in his small <laughs> peeny face. <laughs> small puny face. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. You want to punch the fuck out of that guy. And then she tells him, you know, you're drunk. And he says, well, that's the point. I might not have had the courage otherwise or something like that. And then she tells him to stop. And he says, what's the point of stopping? We're meant to be together or something. And again, it's just fucking gross. And you want him to get hit in the face with something like a lead pipe. They cut from this to the college kids! Hey, college kids! Skinny dipping. So we see some boobies. Thank you, movie. You better thank the movie because those puppies cost a lot. <laughs> she paid a lot for them. Yeah, she'd be a lot of those. <laughs> Yeah, they did look pretty fake, but, you know, anytime you get to see boobies is a good time, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, you like boobs too? I like boobs. Who doesn't like boobs? <laughs> I don't really care for fake boobs though. Those are totally fake. Yeah, they're totally fake. Wasn't she in something else like a year before and she didn't have those? Um, the last thing I can think of, she was in one of the, remember we, we binged watched the Final Destination movies that one time we went, oh, like, yeah. watched them all and she was in one of those. I think she was the, one of the girls that got killed in the sun tanning bed where they yeah. got cooked alive and then yeah. caught on fire. I guess if your boobs are fake, you'd, you know, be more apt to showing them off. You know what I mean? It's like you're wearing like a breastplate almost. <laughs> they're not real. I don't know. Sorry, well, guys. Like, not. I don't think they're showing them off because it's like a breastplate. I think they're showing them off because it's like, hey, I paid for these and you better fucking look at them. Yeah. <laughs> this cost me money. I want everyone to see how great they are now. All right. So enough talk about fake boobs because, wow, that went on for a long time. Yeah, you better edit some of that shit out. <laughs> It's what the audience wants. They love boob talk. All right. So Tucker wants to go have a look because he notices that one of the girls is topless there. And Dale is like extremely shy and kind of bashful and wants to give them their privacy. And he's like, this is wrong. Like he doesn't want to do it because he feels like it's bad and that they shouldn't be even just kind of catching a sneaky peek, even though they're out in the middle of the country. You know, they're they're fishing on the same lake that the kids are skinny dipping in. It's not like they're purposely being pervy spies, but Tucker actually wants to move in for a closer look, which Dale is like not having at all. Yeah. And they cut from that to Allie on a large rock stripping down to her skivvies to take a swim. So thank you, movie. Yes. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> and then Dale ends up covering his eyes like total childlike innocent where he's like, I shouldn't be seeing this. And he's just so adorable when he does it. And then Tucker just kind of stares up at her and gets a little creepy the way that he's looking and it makes me feel creepy for even looking too. <laughs> and she tries to climb down the rock and then jump in the water. I don't know why she's getting in like there for whatever reason or what her logic was for getting into the lake from the rock what what the purpose was yeah for a so-called country girl she's doing it all wrong <laughs> yeah for as smart as she's supposed to be she ain't that bright yeah <laughs> but anyway she's climbing down the rock and then dale scolds tucker for staring and he ends up kind of like yelling at him and that scares the living shit out of Allie. and she immediately falls and hits her head on a rock with a really loud thud and both the guys are just kind of like yelling and arguing each other for a little bit when and they basically realize that she's been underwater for a while and has not come back up. So they decide to paddle on over to her. And that's when Dale jumps into the water to save her. And Tucker starts screaming as they're pulling her into the boat to the college we got your friend hey we got your friend and then it looks like dale's trying to perform mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation on her but from the direction the college kids are looking it's almost like he's like forcibly kissing her unconscious or doing something really nasty with her face yeah and his face they don't really know what this causes the college kids to freak out thinking they are hurting Allie in some way shape or form they run this perplexes Tucker. He's like, where the hell are they going? What's their problem? Yeah. But Dale says that they need to get Allie back to the cabin so they can take care of her. And so then we see that the college kids come back to the psycho douche Chad and they see the boat rowing out further into the lake with Allie in the boat as they are paddling off and the kids come running up. So they are too late. And they cut from this to what I assume is the following morning as Allie wakes up. She is bandaged and dressed in what I assumed was Tucker's clothes, although we learn later that it's Dale's, but they seem kind of more fitting for her to be Dale's clothes. 
reason I thought maybe because Tucker was, you know, a little spelter of a guy that maybe, you know, he would have grabbed Tucker's clothes for her. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, uh, her head is bandaged, so it looks like the guys, you know, bandaged her up and dressed her and took care of her. And she is very clearly terrified because the last thing she remembered, she was, you know, scared shitless in the lake and fell in. And now she's waking up in a strange cabin. And just as she starts to freak out a little bit, that's when Dale brings in pancakes. But because she doesn't know what happened or where she is, she starts freaking out. And then he goes, oh my God, you hate pancakes. And he walks away real quick because he's got no confidence and he can't communicate. And I think he's even more scared of her than she is of him at this point. Yeah. And it's this total like schoolboy crush kind of thing where he doesn't know how to react or talk and he freezes up with her, which is really adorable. And I don't think anybody but Tyler Labine could have probably pulled that off. Yeah. They cut from this to the cards kit looking for Allison and our next clip. Allison! I don't understand. Where do you guys think they took her? Well, maybe they took her to the hospital. You don't get it, do you? Chuck, tell them what you saw. Well, it was really dark, but it looked like one of the guys was like, eating her face off. That is so disgusting. Guys, not to sound too cliche, but shouldn't we go to the police? Yeah, and what, just leave Allison with them? If they already ate her, what difference does it make? We don't need the police. We can handle this on our own. No, 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 what if I go? I missed my dad's truck. He told me I was the only one allowed to drive it. Fine, you want to go, Chuck? Then just go, go. Okay, awesome. I'll be back in the jiffy, I swear. That's such bullshit. What is he going to go? Hey, guys. You better come look at this. What is this place? It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Oh, yeah? Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? All right. Maybe I will. I said maybe. Please don't tell me that you hate eggs and bacon. What am I doing here? Oh, oh you, don't, you don't remember? Okay, uh, well, uh, me and Tucker, I mean, uh, uh, I and Tuck, well, t- Tucker and I brung you here last night. Why? But because you were about to go swimming with your friends and then you climbed up onto a bunch of rocks and you slipped and fell and banged your head and then you fell into the water and then I dove in and rescued you. Wait, you, you were spying on us? No, no, what, no, 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 we were spying, no, I swear to God, no, no, we were out there fishing, okay? And I, I didn't, we didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see, maybe Tucker might have seen a little. Where are my friends? They ran off into the woods. They, they, they just left me? Yeah, but don't, don't be mad at them. Some people just aren't any good in the crisis. And that's why Tucker and I brung you here, hoping that they would come and get you in the morning. I didn't I didn't have any girly clothes, so. It's okay, I, I never really had much fashion sense anyway. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's Drangers, that's my dog Drangers. He, he looks mean, but he's just a big old marshmallow. You can just pat him around the nose. It's drooling. I know. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about all the mess around here. You know, Tucker just bought this place and, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't look like much to a, a high class girl like you, but, uh, you know, we've always just had sort of a dream to have our own vacation home. But, uh, anyway, you should relax and rest, okay? Hey, what's, what's your name? Uh, it's Dale Ducker. So my name, my name is Dale. I'm Allison, but my, 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 my friends call me Allie. Well, it's a real pleasure to meet you, Allie, son. And if you need anything else, you just holler for me. I'll be right in the little room here. 
seriously, how adorable is Dale? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't fall in love with him like right away as a character, then you just you have a hard heart. You it's like made of ice. Yeah, he does a really great job of taking down all those like fences. Yeah, especially I love the part where he's like, "Oh, then I will call you Allie, son." <laughs> He's like, he doesn't know if it's it's okay for him to refer to her like her friends do. Yeah. It's just so adorable. All right. So after this, we see the college kids doing sort of a rock, paper, scissor uh, fight to try and determine who will go to talk to the hillbillies and confront them about what's going on with Allison. Then Chad, the psycho douche, is being an asshole and a toxic piece of shit. He ends up calling the person who lost the rock, paper, scissors fight a bitch because he won't go up and basically confront them but if he's so tough and manly why doesn't he do it <laughs> that's my question typical toxic male bullshit anyway so the kid goes wandering on up to the cabin as tucker begins chainsawing a log which just so happens to be filled with a bee's nest and the setting is extremely ominous it's all smoky and it looks something like right out of texas chainsaw massacre tucker chainsaws through the bee's nest and gets basically clobbered by them he's getting stung left and right and it seems to me like he's trying to use the smoke from the chainsaw to smoke out the bees and get them to go away from him and that's why he's swinging the chainsaw around and revving it up like a madman because you see there's a bunch of smoke coming off of it yeah i think he just i don't know well it's he's swinging it around yeah Yeah. but normally you would you would drop it when you run away because you don't want to be running with a chainsaw that's also running yeah but it's way funnier with the chainsaw right but i'm i'm thinking the logic was because there's a couple of times where he's revving it up and he's waving it in front of his face and i think it's to get the smoke out but he's also screaming bloody murder because he's being stung about the face and arms and he's waving the chainsaw around and running around screaming like a banshee and then he comes out from around the corner again screaming and waving the chainsaw Well, my favorite part. Yeah, you always giggle. We watched that like, what, three times last night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so he comes around the corner, waving the chainsaw around and screaming and scares the living hell out of all of the kids who all immediately run off. We then see Dale continuing to run away from the bees and waving the chainsaw around, which I'm assuming is to use the smoke to basically smoke them out and get rid of them. And he ends up running right past the main kid that went to go talk to him, who does not look in front of him or where he's going. And Dale looks looks confused as to why he's running as well. He's like, what the hell's your problem? And then all of a sudden, the kid who's not looking where he's running impales himself on what I'm thinking is like a fallen tree limb or maybe a broken fallen tree. Either way, it was a big spike sticking up out of the ground. Yeah. One of the other things that might have been is like a spike like that that the previous tenants who were apparently psycho hillbillies actually left behind. Like maybe there are some traps and things like that that they left behind. No, I think it was just a broken tree down. And I'd never be as ominous as I want it to be, I guess. Nope. <laughs> you think is when the kid gets like impaled or when he impales on the branch when he runs himself into the branch yeah, yeah. um there's a bee that lands on his nose uh-huh. and it kind of looks like in his eyes like he's like oh now i get it like he was running from the bees and not attacking them yeah. i don't know i couldn't tell like he, if you know he you know was thinking that it really wasn't he wasn't chasing him at that's, the end that's a really neat observation i've thought that before like i've kind of you know wondered if maybe he realized that tucker was actually running from bees yeah but then i also kind of thought well what if he's dying and then like like that peaceful acceptance of what's happened to him comes over him. And so he sees the bee floating in the air. He goes, oh, pretty. And it lands on his nose and it's like, oh, neat, you know, or, or yeah. something along those lines. But yeah, that is a neat little character moment where you don't know if maybe he's realizing that it was just bees that the guy was running from and yeah. he died for nothing. Because well, none, none of the other college kids really seem like that except for Allie. Yeah. And I also kind of wonder if maybe if he did realize, why didn't his face go to like a son of a bitch? I just died for nothing. <laughs> I don't know. 
You're still dying. <laughs> yeah. They cut from that to Dale is killing it at Trivia Up. It turns out that Dale can actually memorize just about anything, even though he has no education at all. He's really good at remembering everything that's ever been told to him. And that actually leads us to our next clip. There's a difference between education and intellect. So, um... What is it that you study in college? I'm getting my bachelor's degree in psychology. Oh, oh. so what kind of work would you do with that? Oh, I don't know. I, um, I, I have these stupid dreams. Dreams are not stupid. Well, um, I just think that so many of the major problems and conflicts in the world are caused by a lack of communication, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just always thought that I'd, I'd make a really good therapist. No, don't, don't! Yeah, my... My parents say the same thing. I should probably just give up. No, no, no. I think you could do whatever you want. It's just that beam is a little bit rickety. Yeah, you could just push that thing right over. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. Tucker, what happened to your face? I fell into a bee's nest. (laughs) Why? Well, I didn't do it on purpose, you idiot. And I might have avoided if you were out there helping me. Yeah. We came out here to work. Let's sit around playing stupid board games. It was it was my fault. I I suckered him into playing. No, that's not that's not true. It was my fault. Hey, how about I come over there and I pull those stingers out of your face and then I'll help you with whatever you want. All right, I'd like that. Thank you. Okay. Let me help. Wow, they really did a number on you. Be careful. Be careful. Really gotcha. Hi. I saw your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. Who? Oh. I, sh- I should go out there and find him. No, no, that's no. No, you need to rest. So we'll go find your friends. But I, I can just no, no buts. Okay, we'll we'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. Ain't that right, Tucker? Yeah. 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 Good man. Okay. Dale, just be careful. Okay, I, my friends can be kind of judgmental. I know. I'm gonna let Tucker do most of the talking anyway. He can win over just about anybody, can't you, Tucker? Real people person. Okay. Here we go. You just relax. Okay. Get some rest. Aw. So he's got the little puppy love crush going on, and he's so afraid that if she gets away, he won't be able to continue to charm her, and I think he just loves spending time with her so much that he's going to be willing to do just anything to keep her where she is. Either that, or maybe he really is genuinely concerned that if she gets up and runs around, maybe something bad will happen to her. Yeah, I think she was okay to leave the house. Yeah, I think he just didn't want her to go because he was having fun with her in trivia, and it looked like he was actually making some headway of getting to know her pretty well, so there you go. All right, so after this, the kids freak out as Chad the fucking psycho douche asshole goes all alpha male asshole smashing what's-her-face's cell phone and then starts demagoguing it up and moves his way into terrifying all of the others and then he ends up throwing a fucking hatchet and almost hitting one of them in the face which actually leads to our next clip. Well, that was fast. <laughs> what, between clips? Yeah. Well, there's so much great quotable stuff. What are you going to do, right? I know. Serious issues, you know that? Quick. Somebody's coming. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I saw you know what that is? Is it a triangle? Yeah. I'm telling you, though, Tucker, you would have been proud of me. A smart little college girl like that, and I was beating the crap out of her. Yeah. Yeah. You beat the crap out of everybody. There's something wrong with your brain. I know. You can tell me that. Well, I'll tell you what. When we get back, I'll finish her off real quick, and then we'll get back to work, okay? They're going to kill her. Yeah, somebody was just here. Oh, yeah. It's a hatchet. College kids! College kids! Say it again. Louder. 
College kids! Hey, college kids! College kids! I don't see them. I don't know, they must have run off. Well, maybe we could leave them a note in case they come back. Right, with what? Well, this will work. All right, please, hurry up. My okay. face is as hot as a hemorrhoid right now. Yeah, you don't look so good. Okay. Careful. I'm going to have to etch it in. College kids. Yeah, you had to quote that. College kids. <laughs> college kids. Well, my plan is to actually take each of the ones of them shouting college kids in all the spots where I refer to them as college kids. I'm going to try and remember to punch a little piece of that in. Okay. <laughs> so they etch in the note, which just reads, we got your friend, spelled W-E-G-O-T-U-R-F-R-I-E-N-D, friend. <laughs> And it looks super threatening because they have the hatchet in there with it and everything. <laughs> I love that Tucker and Dale are so innocent they don't even realize the stuff that they're doing could be perceived as threatening or intimidating because they're just so polite and down, down home good boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. All right. So they cut from that to Dale is digging up a shit household when Allie decides that she's going to help. And this is where we learn that she was a farm girl and a country girl, but apparently has no idea the safest way to get into a lake when you're trying to skinny dip. <laughs> I'm thinking she just wanted privacy, but she still wanted to swim, but she didn't want everybody else gawking at her. But yeah. she made she made the bad choice to get on the rock there. <laughs> but while they're digging a shit household or crap household or outhouse hole, which it all gets referred to, that's where Tucker is rocking a wood chipper. He's tossing a bunch of logs and various other things he must have sawed up. And I'm assuming that he's collecting fallen trees and stuff like that around the property to kind of clean it up and give them room for whatever activities or just to be able to have the property look a little prettier. Right, yeah. But you would think they would save it for like campfires or something like that. He would stack some of it up. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have a lot. Oh. A lot of dead wood laying around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering why he's doing it. I think it's just an excuse to have a fucking wood chipper because, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen is awesome. Let's face it. You get this inclination over time that Allie's actually pretty laid back and pretty calm about everything and isn't really full of herself. And it's almost like she doesn't even fit in with the crew that she's with. They just happen to be at the same college. I'm wondering if she's a small town girl, went to college, made friends with people that were different than anybody else she's ever known. And that's how she ended up hanging out with this group. But at the same time, she doesn't really seem to like them much. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about it. I don't think she belongs with those others either. No, because she's not shallow and stupid and idiotic. She actually takes the time to try and consider things and wonder what's going on. But I don't know how she gravitated towards those kids other than maybe they were just different than anybody she ever grew up around is all I can think. But anyway, the think Allie will be dead soon because they're talking about how on the clip they're going to finish her off <laughs> and then get back to work and you beat the hell out of everybody Dale. there's something wrong with your brain yeah I yeah, know I don't know what it is <laughs> so fucking funny and when they actually end up creeping up to the property again they see that Allie is digging the crap house or outhouse hole and they actually think that she's being forced to dig her own grave before they kill her because I think is really evil and they get freaked out about that and are really angry and that's that's when we see that one of the boys charges at Dale with a double-ended spear. Allie actually sees him coming and screams to warn Dale, like, hey, Dale, look out. Dale spins around not knowing what's going on with the actual shovel sitting on his shoulder and hits her in the head with it and knocks her out completely by accident, which is still very fucking hilarious. So Dale falls in with Allie whenever she gets hit in the head with the shovel. And then the kid with the spear ends up dropping the spear or throwing it out of his hand when he trips on his own fucking shoes. The spear hits the ground really close to 
to Dale, like right by his head. And then the kid who tripped on his own fucking feet impales himself on the goddamn spear and then slides down the thing right on top of Dale, who screams the entire time in terror and just keeps saying, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I love this scene. It's so hilarious. And it's so slow and like gruesome. And the thing that makes it hilarious is his reaction to it and how legitimately shocked and horrified he is. Yeah. And how gross it is to him. And it just keeps sliding down. And then the kid's right on top of him the whole time and just basically dies laying on top of him with the spear running through him. Screams <laughs> like a little girl and it's awesome. I think that's what, like, that's like comedy gold to you. When a big burly looking dude screams like a little girl in terror, you think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Right. They cut from that and we see that the wood chipper is being worked once again by Tucker and the two ladies that are left uh, besides Allie are walking around to sort of the business end of the wood chipper where all the wood chips fly out, uh, which is not really a good place to be <laughs> on a wood chipper. Yeah. You want to remain to the side if you're not immediately using it. <laughs> you don't want to stand on the other side of it. Not a good idea. You know, he might actually want the wood chips, now that I think about it, to lay around the property, like to collect and keep it dry for mud to like make paths or something like that mm, maybe you know like a like a path leading up to it or you know for the driveway or something possibly but he doesn't aiming at in the direction to collect it or anything so i don't know i don't know yeah just something that i thought of just right off the top of my head there i don't know uh but anyway so the ladies are standing there at the business end of the wood chipper with all of the chips being flown at them and kind of keeping an eye on tucker and wondering what's going on and that's when one of the boys musters up plenty of courage finally to go ahead and charge tucker with what i always assumed was a screwdriver of some sort, but you actually told me it was a Swiss Army knife and we kind of paused it and looked in a little closer and it was. Yeah, it certainly does look like one. Yeah, it could have been. Maybe a like a Leatherman or something because it's kind of big. Yeah, it's a little too, it's like, if it is a Swiss Army knife, it's one of those really big ones that yeah. has like all the different tools and stuff. Yeah, but he goes running at Tucker full force and then when Tucker ducks to grab another log, the freaking idiot kid is still running and goes to launch himself and he lunges at Tucker, but Tucker ducks and he goes head first right into the fucking wood chipper <laughs> which immediately splatters the blonde with the fake boobs completely in blood and i really dug that so thank you movie <laughs> It's funny. In my notes, I just wrote, awesome. <laughs> and then Tucker, who is actually a pretty decent dude, realizes someone's being mauled to death by a wood chipper, but isn't really bright enough to realize that it's too late. And he keeps trying to pull the kid out of the wood chipper. And he's screaming the entire time. And after the girl gets hit by blood, both of them look. And from their perspective, it looks like freaking Tucker threw him in there and is shoving him into the wood chipper, not trying yeah. to pull him back out. <laughs> I love this part. It's so fucking funny. This is probably my favorite part of the movie is the wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> Does he keep on like saying, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> well, he tries to pull him out and then the, the fucking wood chipper finally just stalls out. And that's when Dale looks at him and goes, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then he kicks the wood chipper. <laughs> and they cut from that to uh, Dale carries Allie into the cabin because she's once again unconscious. And that's when Tucker comes running in as well. And that leads to our next clip. Tucker! Tucker! Holy mother of God! You never be what happened to you? Are you okay? What happened to me? Some kid. He just hooked himself right into the wood chipper. What? Head first right into the wood chipper. From his shoes and his pants, it looked like it might have been one of the college kids. What the hell happened to her? Well, oh, she got knocked down, fell into the shitter hole right next to me. Is that your blood? Well, no. No, it's college kid blood. One of those suckers came running out of nowhere and speared himself straight through the gut and died right on top of me, Todd. Holy crap. Oh, no. Calm down, calm down. Don't cry. Calm down. Okay. Get a hold of yourself. Ooh. 
<sighs> All right, I know what this is. What? This is a suicide pact. It's a what? These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Holy shit, we have got to hide all of the sharp objects. You know what else, Tucker? Tucker, I think they're trying to kill her too. Yeah, think about it. That's why they acted so funny after we saved her because they want her dead. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's good that you don't know. It's good that I don't know because if we knew, then they would want to kill us too. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so what? What do we? What do we? Um, we go to the police. Call the police. Yeah. Tell them what. Oh, I would tell him what happened. Oh, it's a good idea, Dale. Oh, howdy ho, officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business, just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, that's what happened, Tucker. He would have to be a moron to believe that, Dale. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what looks like what happened. And what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. So what the hell do we do then? We gotta clean this mess up right now. We're both laughing our asses <laughs> off listening to the clip. <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens because what happened because what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. <laughs> I think I want to keep on like when someone asks me, how's your day going? I might keep on responding. I've had a doozy of a day. <laughs> I start using that. Love it. Yeah, this this is comedy gold. It's like a comedy of errors where everybody keeps fucking up all the things that they're trying to do to make things better and only making it worse. There's sustained misunderstanding, which is like that kind of trope that you get in a situation comedy where somebody misunderstands what somebody else is trying to tell them and then it just keeps going and compiles from there and gets worse and worse. And then there's prejudice in both directions where they don't understand the other person's world. And they mix these things together so perfectly. It's complete comedy gold. And that clip where they're both flipping out after all the kids die because you get two really horrible deaths and both Tucker and Dale have no idea why this is happening. <laughs> and I love the idea that they think it's a suicide pact and there's some kind of a cult because how else would you interpret that? Like all of a sudden people are just like you see a person basically from your perspective throw themselves into a wood chipper. How else are you supposed to ex explain that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So funny. All right. So they cut from this to Chloe is the blonde's name, the one with the fake boobs and keeps getting covered in fake blood. <laughs> hey, she only got covered in fake blood once. Or... Yeah, but she's still covered whenever they're in this, uh, the next scene. And so she's smoking and somebody tells her that it's not good to be smoking and it's bad for her health. And she says something about, well, fucking dying is bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not stopping everybody else. And so obviously all the college kids are freaking the fuck out. And except for Chad, the fucking psycho douche asshole. Has there ever been anybody named Chad that wasn't a fucking nuclear grade asshole? Yeah, I work with a Chad. Yo, you work with a Chad that's a decent dude? Yeah, he's a decent dude. All right. Well, I'll take this one into evidence because I, I have to believe you. <laughs> I have yet to meet one, so if I meet that Chad, that'll that'll make sure that I have at least one shining example for people named Chad. Yeah, you would let the Chad. He's nice. <laughs> but that's it. I don't know anybody else. <laughs> All right, so if you're a Chad and you're basically convinced that you are not a nuclear-grade asshole and that you know other Chads out there, folks, I know of one other example. The fearless leader of Legion Podcast Network has had a lifelong friend named Chad, and he said he's a really good dude. So I got two people at least, but almost everyone that I've ever met and grew up with, not really good Yeah, it's people. crazy how like there's are some other names. names that are really douches. I can't remember. What's another one? <laughs> I can't think of it anymore. We're going to start offending listeners by going, if your name is this, you might be a douche. <laughs> no. 
This is where Chad, the psycho douche asshole, calls them all a bunch of pussies and then goes on this huge rant about how it's us versus them. It's a matter of survival. They're lucky because they're going to know how truly alive they're going to be where they have to fight for their survival. It's all kind of cut short by the smell of bacon. Oh, I'm sorry. An officer. So at some point they end up sending away the one kid with the his dad's vehicle. The only reason he got to come along on the trip is because his dad had the car and they needed the car. And so that kid goes and gets the cop. The cop comes back with him and then they actually see the officer or they hear the car come back. And at that point, you actually hear the officer telling the boy when he's pulling up that this is probably all just a misunderstanding and they can get it all squared away. And you actually see that this is a pretty calm guy, not looking to try and, you know, get a collar or anything like that. It's got to be an explanation just keep calm we'll take care of this and that's when the blood covered chloe actually comes right up and pretty much hops right on the hood and then screams something about they're killing somebody or somebody's dead or whatever which immediately freaks out the kid and the cop and so they all climb into the suv and they cut from that to dale working very hard to try and pull what's left of the fucking kid's corpse out of the wood chipper as tucker's trying to direct him and i guess working against the blades to try and get the the body to come back out yeah and at some point Tucker says something about, okay, well, I'm going to wedge it here, and then you pull, and that should get it loose, which it does. And then the torso and legs, and what's left of the kid breaks free. Dale falls backwards onto his back on the ground, and the torso lands directly on top of him, which Dale freaks out because it's disgusting, and he doesn't know what to do, and it's horrifying. He's begging Tucker to get it off of him. So Tucker grabs the legs, and instead of pulling it to the side, he drags it all the way up across Dale's face, including the bad effect that looks like what's left of the kid's guts and spine. That's so funny. <laughs> so after Dale finally calms down, they decide that they're going to have to drag the body over to the truck to get rid of it. And as they're dragging it, holding on to one leg each, I think at one point Tucker even says he's heavy for half a guy. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and so right after they're dragging it there and they get close to the truck, that's when the police officer pulls up. And that actually leads to our next clip. I'll handle it. Hi. Hello, officer. Good to see you again. Yeah. We have had a doozy of a day. A real doozy. Uh, there we were. Yep. Uh, minding our own business. Yep. Making some improvements to my new house. The new house? When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these kids started killing themselves all over my property. Yeah, this one right here, he dove head first right into the wood chipper. In the woody right back there. There's another one up over there who, who shoved a spear through his gullet. Straight through. Now, I don't know how much experience you've had with this, but we were scared shitless. Scared shitless. I... You must think that I'm some kind of moron. Believe story like that. No. Oh, no. No, sir. Not a moron. Not just open-minded. Let me get this straight, because I'm having trouble understanding something. What? You say you were just working when this kid ran up and stuffed his head into that wood chipper? That's a fact. That's a fact. And and I think maybe they might be trying to kill the girl that we have inside. What girl? You know what? She can maybe explain the whole thing. If 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 uh, if I hadn't knocked her unconscious with a shovel <laughs> on accident. On accident. You've got another one inside. Side and and you say she's unconscious? Yeah, she's in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better show me what you done with her. Yeah, right, right this way. Let's show him. Okay, Come on, let's right, show put him. This like that. Great idea. Okay, keep going. Why? Show him. Wait, wait, where's he going? Don't go in there. Right, this... <laughs> What's he doing? Why doesn't he fucking arrest them? 
Her eyes are equal. Reacted to the light. At least she's not brain dead. Oh, thank God. I told you boys to stay away from this place, but you just didn't listen, did you? Now you're looking at least two counts of involuntary manslaughter, but you'd be lucky to get that. Officer, do we look like a couple of psycho killers to you? <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to say. Looks can be deceiving. Oh, no, no! Oh! Looks like he's gonna walk it off. He's gonna be fine. <sighs> Don't worry, I got it! Turn around, I told you we should fix that thing! You are not putting this on me, do you understand me? This is your fault! You are not playing more games with that little girl when I'm out working! I was so during this, the cop ends up leaning on the support beam while he's talking to him, which you actually do here in the clip. And it's the support beam of foreshadowing because the cop gets nailed through the fucking brain pan. And this sequence is just amazing. I love this. Yeah, I can't believe he like actually <laughs> walks out the door. Yeah, like his brain is just kind of misfiring, but he still realizes he needs to call for help and try and tell them it was an accident and that this, you know, but the kids don't know what's going on. And he's trying to calm the kids down, even though he's got nails through his head. And I love you here in the background, Tucker actually says he's gonna walk it off he's gonna walk it <laughs> off <laughs> but it's really awesome that the guy actually believes him and i love how every time they try to explain something it just gets worse and worse where he's like oh yeah you know the we got another one in the house but i knocked her unconscious <laughs> accidentally she's in my bedroom everything he keeps saying it just yeah. sounds so much worse <laughs> it's so fucking great but anyway the officer falls over dead and tucker and dale are then immediately held at gunpoint by the one dumb kid whose dad gave them the truck. He's got the cop's revolver, and when it won't fire, Dale tells him to take off the safety. The kid, being a complete fucking idiot, looks straight down the barrel of the gun trying to find the safety and ends up shooting himself directly in the face like a fucking idiot. That part always makes me laugh. Yeah. Oh, gun safety kid. And he oh. warns them, don't point that at you. Yeah. Like <laughs> Tucker's like, no, don't point that at your face. Bam. Now, revolvers, I don't think, have the kind of safety that they were talking about, so I don't know if they got the right kind of gun for how they had it written. Oh, I don't know. But I don't think revolvers actually have that because you have the, you can cock the gun and then it'll fire. But if you leave it in an uncocked state, I think that's how revolvers work for safety where they won't fire unless you cock it. I don't really know. <laughs> I've, never nah, I don't really, I've never really handled a revolver. The only ones I've ever really handled handgun wise is anything that has like a clip, whether it's a nine or a 45 or whatever. So Or a BB gun. I'm pretty damn good with a BB gun. <laughs> Not handgun wise. I've never really fired those and I'm more of a pellet gun guy for rifles <laughs> but i'm a pretty damn good shot so there's that uh, most hillbillies are <laughs> you gotta be if you want to eat up there i'm harold's <laughs> i was expecting to give me way more shit about being a hillbilly than what you have so far tonight oh you always yell at me when i do oh. normal life <laughs> i don't yell at you yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to know that the answer is no, he doesn't. <laughs> Whatever, you're a strong woman. If I yell at you, you'll fucking kick the shit out of me. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Psycho douche ends up running right over and picks up the gun after the kid shoots himself in the face, and then he fires it. Now, I counted. The kid shoots himself once, and then Psycho douche starts firing the gun wildly, and it's like 12 times, and there's no sound of reloading, and that's a six-shot gun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, then they have a little brief moment where there's a pause and then there's some more shots. But during that time, while the gun is being fired at them, Dale and Tucker hit the ground. Tucker goes after Dale. He starts yelling at him and laying into him and saying all this stuff about how this is all his fault or whatever and is really just kind of angry and venting. But then that's when Dale reveals in his anger that he doesn't even like fishing because they're arguing back and forth. And then at some point, Tucker just stops and he's like, well, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because you like it and we're friends and I'm trying to, you know... He just didn't want to tell him that he doesn't like it. And so four more shots actually get fired. And then there's a stop all of a sudden and they're wondering what's going on. And that's when we realize that poor Jangers, Dale's dog, is being held hostage. Tucker then fires up an air compressor, an electrical generator to power the air compressor, and then hooks up a nail gun and hands it to Dale to supply what Cyril Fig likes to refer to as suppressing fire, while Tucker goes off to save Jaggers. I think it's kind of interesting that it's... It's Dale's dog, but Tucker's going to go do the saving because... Well, I think he's the brave one. The confident one. He's the one that yeah. has enough self-confidence to know that he can do it or yeah. is be- believe in himself that he can do it. Whereas, and it's also, since it's Dale's dog, he might be emotionally compromised. And I love how when his dog gets threatened and Dale's had enough and he goes ape shit with the nail gun, he goes firing like crazy to the point where even Tucker looks up and goes, Jesus, Dale, take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> If you hurt my dog, I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So he's losing his shit while he's firing. And then Tucker ends up saving the day by getting the dog loose and sending Jaggers on his way. But he's making too much noise to do it. And that's when the college kids notice him and they start giving chase through the woods. He ends up tripping at some point, falls into a big puddle of mud and then goes hiding himself and leaves or whatever. But psycho douche Chad ends up spotting him and then knocks him the fuck out. When he comes to, he is hanging upside down and being used as bait for a trap. And that is when Psycho Douche, who is blinded by his rage and hate for hillbillies and doesn't really understand what's happening while Tucker's trying to explain to him like, hey, I don't know what's going on here. And it's just this continued miscommunication, misunderstanding and not even like really trying to understand what's happening. He just goes off, loses his shit and then cuts off something from Dale. You hear a cutting sound with the hatchet, but you don't know what it is just yet in the movie. We find out later, but we don't know that. I know. (laughs) You want to tell the people at home what it is? You want to spoil it for them so we get there in the notes? No. (laughs) You're a dork. You love me. Um, Absolutely. without hesitation. And they cut from this to Dale sees to Allison and tries to take care of her when she finally comes to again. He tries to explain what horrible things have just happened and he cries and then Allie immediately tries to help him through it. I love how she immediately becomes very nurturing and caring and tries to get him to talk and basically work through these feelings and telling him it's okay to cry. Whereas Tucker was telling him to bundle it up and, you know, you know, get him get a control of himself or whatever. Allie's like, no, it's okay to cry. People have to cry. Just go ahead, work through it. And then we can talk. When he finally gets himself together, he brings her up to speed on all of the death that has just happened. She doesn't really want to believe him, so she goes outside when uh, she finds out that they took Tucker and she's going to go try and see what's going on. And then Allison sees all the death and realizes what's going on with all of this misunderstanding. And she sees that deathscape and picks up the parcel that was left on the doorstep when they heard a knock at the door and the guy even says something about die hillbilly. And <laughs> there's some part where Tucker's like, they, they hate me. They want to kill me. She's like, I don't think that's the case and then you hear die hillbilly after the knock oh yeah (laughs) and he goes really I just love that whole exchange, but she picks up the parcel and it turns out that poor Tucker has lost his bowling fingers. And this hits you particularly hard because you love bowling. I do love bowling. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, so somebody losing their bowling fingers is pretty tragic, especially if they're a bowler. I don't know. You learn to bowl with the other hand. I bowled a couple people that... Have lost are. fingers and had to bowl with the other yep. hand? Yeah, two on my league. Wow. Yeah, they're actually really good bowlers, too. So. Why are and you I'm, smiling? I know something you don't know. I am not left-handed. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I, I think they are both on their right hand, so they had to learn how to bowl on their left. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yep. Well, there you go. So if you lose bowling fingers, there's still hope. You just have to learn to bowl with the other hand. Much like sword fighting in a martial arts film whenever you lose your hand. Yes. Or Game of Thrones for our other nerds out there. Jamie Lannister lost oh, his yeah. sword hand, so he had to learn how to fight with his other hand. All right, there's a note that's attached to the severed fingers parcel, and it just basically says, we got your friend, now come and get him. So Allison tries to explain and calm Dale down in our next clip. I gotta go help Tucker. God damn it. My best friend needs me. I'm gonna get these kids. Dale, wait, 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 wait. We don't want to escalate things. We don't want to escalate things. They must have thought that you were trying to harm me. Oh, and why would they think that? I don't know. Well, I think you do know. Well, when we first saw you guys back back at that store, we just thought that, that you looked a, 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 a little creepy. I was nervous. I don't, I don't know how to talk to girls. And no, Dale, I, I, I know that now, but we didn't then. You thought that I looked like some kind of freak. We misjudged you, Dale. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. It's my fault. I should have known that if a guy like me talked to a girl like you, somebody'd end up dead. Dale, it's Dale, it's it's not it's not like that. Please. If you do see your friends, tell them that I never wanted to hurt anybody. Dale, Dale, stop! Wait, don't, don't go there. Oh shit! Tucker, Tucker, you out there? Tuck! Oh, oh. Goddamn stupid college kids! Tucker, I'm coming for you, buddy. Tucker, yeah. Tucker, Tucker. Yeah. Hey, Tucker. Hell's your trap. It's a what? It's a trap. What? Oh, God. Oh, God, please. Oh, God. Sugar. Damn. Oh, oh. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm glad I'm not hung like a bear. That's funny. <laughs> Damn. That kid, he's got some serious issues. I know. Let's get you down from there. Wait. Sorry about that. This vacation sucks. <laughs> this vacation sucks. <laughs> That was a great way to end the trailer, too, when they, they use that line where he falls down and then he says, oh, this vacation sucks. It's so funny. All right. So during the clip, Dale actually finds the kid who self-impaled himself running away from Tucker. And that's where he says about the stupid college kids. And he also finds Tucker's hat there. So he ends up putting that on top of his to take it with him. And then obviously the trap nearly spears his wedding tackle. But luckily for him, he's not hung like a bear. A wedding tackle? You've never heard that before? No. Wedding tackle for Twig and Berries? Uh-uh. <laughs> I thought for sure you've heard me say wedding tackle before. Nope. You learned that on the on the hill? <laughs> yeah, I learned it up in the mountain. <laughs> That's your wedding tackle, son. That's what you're going to use to snare yourself a woman. <laughs> All right, so they cut from this to the kids go to rescue Allison. When they find her, they think that she has Stockholm Syndrome. The psycho douche decides to burn down the cabin, which Allison tries to stop him from doing because she's not a psychopath. She's attempting to try and talk them down. And once she does, that's when everybody decides that Allison totally has Stockholm Syndrome. And psycho douche thinks that Allison may be in love with Dale and freaks the fuck out. I mean, he really loses his shit. He can't stand the idea of this woman that's supposed to be his falling in love with the thing he hates most, which is the hillbilly. But our heroes, Tucker and Dale, return just in time, and they yell at him like, hey, get away from her, and they stop him from getting all aggressive and freaky rapey, which really made me hate him even more, the way he was like all sexually aggressive at her. Yeah. 
Fuck him. I fucking hate this guy. Anyway, Allison, being the damn near saint that she is, still tries to talk things out over tea with everyone. She's trying to calm them all down, maybe work out and resolve what's happening with this misunderstanding and create some kind of a solution in a dialogue. All things that aren't really thrilling filmmaking, but for some reason it kind of works here. So she sits them down over tea and Tucker drinks a beer and we see him dumping it on his severed fingers, which is a really neat motif. If you first see it where he gets stung by the bees, he dumps all the beer on his face, which from what I read was actually an improvisation from Alan Tudyk again. Oh, really? That was, yeah. And then I think he repeats it with the severed fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how pouring cold beer on something is going to make it better, but I think it's funny. But... That leads to the resolution that Allison is trying to muster with a round-the-table peace talk over tea. And that leads to our next clip. I'm going to get the tea. Is that chamomile tea? Because I can't have that. It fucks with my asthma. It's Earl Grey. Oh, I love Earl Grey. That's great. Here's what we're going to do. I want you each to tell your side of the story. And as you're listening to the other person, I want you to see yourself in their shoes. Okay? Okay. Now, it's important that we communicate our feelings and, and understand each other's perspective before any progress can be made. Okay. Chad, why don't you start? Well, where should I fucking begin? Wherever you'd like. A long time ago, before I was born. Okay, maybe not that far. This is important. You see, my parents, they were attacked by hillbillies just like him. It was 20 years ago. The Memorial Day Massacre. They brutally murdered everyone just for fun. My mother ran for her life, but they captured her. My father was helpless. And he didn't even know that she was pregnant with me yet. And they forced him to watch while they tortured her. But my mom, she fought back and she escaped. But my father wasn't so lucky. His body was never found. By the time I was born, my mother was already institutionalized. I grew up hearing that story from my grandmother. Okay, um, thank, thank you for sharing with us, Chad. No, I'm not going in there. Hey, hey, hey. Now, Chad said they were gone longer than 15 minutes. We come in guns blazing. You don't even have a gun. Damn it, woman. Don't argue with me. Are they drinking tea? I would totally love a cup of tea right now. No. No way. They're fucking trapped. Come on. We gotta do something. It's your turn. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm really sorry that your family got massacred. That is awful. Secondly, I didn't have anything to do with that, okay? I, I mean, I, I would have been six years old at the time, so... Yeah, well, it may not have been you, but it was definitely your kind. My kind? Now, hey, I can't even hurt a fish, can I, Tucker? I, I can't even hurt fish. That's right. You can't even hurt a fish. I just can't do it. Okay. Uh, so now that you've both expressed your side of the story, how do you feel? I, I feel I feel better. I feel, I feel like a weight. Yeah, I feel good. Great, great. We're really making good progress. It's showtime, freaks! Okay, so during the clip, we actually see that David and Chloe were kind of sneaking around up to the cabin and they had to plan an attack where if the first wave doesn't come back at a certain amount of time, then the second wave is going to come in and come in guns blazing without any guns. So he charges into the cabin with what I'm guessing is a weed eater, but it had blades on it. 
weed whacker, weed eater, whatever you want to call it. And uh, when he goes to attack Tucker, who is really good at ducking at just the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker ducks and he ends up cutting off the face of the other lady who was there with Chad the fucking douche. And I'm guessing that the guy David wielding the weapon may have been her boyfriend because he starts saying, uh, baby, I'm so sorry. I, I, why didn't why didn't you duck or something like that? And I don't know if it's a general like baby, like, you know, talking to a girl calling her baby or if it's baby talking to your girl like, hey, baby, <laughs> or baby, yeah, I'm know. so sorry or whatever. <laughs> I, I really couldn't tell. But either way, the face being removed by the weed whacker was awesome, which obviously fucks her up really bad, but doesn't exactly kill her because I guess you can live through having your face removed by a weed whacker. I haven't tested that. Maybe I'll have to do that the next time Matt's over. Sure. <laughs> uh, Except we don't have one like that. Not one with blades, but I can probably hook something up. Yeah. <laughs> I got tools. I can make something happen. Well, anyway, so as that's happening, the psycho douche goes after Dale. He ends up kicking the table that they were sitting at over on top of Dale and is going after him with an axe when Tucker saves him by pulling the douche off, punching him square in the face and knocking him off to the side, which is fucking awesome. And then psycho douche ends up tossing what I think might have been a lantern or something like that at our heroes, screaming something like burn hillbilly or die hillbilly or some shit like that, missing them by about a mile and then hitting his buddy who chopped off his girlfriend's face with the weed whacker. And then Chloe tries to basically put him out when he's on fire, but she ends up throwing a jar of what I'm assuming is moonshine. Yeah, or turpentine or something. Yeah, like like something for paint stripping or whatever. Yeah, they went to go fix up the cabin, but moonshine could be too. I mean, yeah, it looked like there was so many of them. It was too many jars in a row to not be moonshine and to be paint stripper. Yeah, true. That's why I'm thinking it might be moonshine. Plus, it's a bunch of guys going to a cabin in the country. Of course, they're going to have moonshine. Yeah. And that might have been moonshine that was still at the cabin that they, you know, set out and been like, yeah, let's let's have some fun with this. But either way, they're telling her not to do it. But that immediately lights the guy up and he goes up into huge flames. And then that spreads out liquid wets on fire moving across the floor. And that goes over towards a ton of gas cans, which you hear Tucker go, we shouldn't have left those there. or We shouldn't have put those there or something like that. Why are they inside? Why are they inside? I don't know. He's like, that was not a good idea to put those all up in there. No. (laughs) But that all automatically gets, the flame goes over to that in which we see Chloe sitting down right as it heads towards those gas cans right by it. And she's trying to light up a cigarette because I think she's finally gone fishing and has lost her fucking mind. And just as the cabin is ready to explode into a ball of flame, our heroes Tuck and Dale end up grabbing Allison and dragging her out of the cabin right before it explodes into a glorious fucking ball of flame as they all dive out just in time. It turns out that Psycho Douche is the burnt up two-faced looking guy that we saw at the beginning of the film that we always kind of discredit because it doesn't matter and we don't really need to see it that way and it would have just worked as fine as like an end of credits sequence or something. But whatever. He has totally gone full on paperclips moment and lost his shit. You would too if your face looked like that. <laughs> My face does kind of look like that and no. I'm not even burnt. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loses his shit because he wants to fucking kill them and he just got blown up and he's gone completely off the deep end at this point. Uh, that's when they all pile into Tucker's truck and Dale is driving. And I think Tucker says, this is the last thing I got left. Don't mess this up too. And they end up speeding off. They're driving away and Dale and everybody's looking back and he says, that ought to do it. We're going to get away from this guy, but he's not looking where they're going. And it looks like he drives into what I'm assuming is a fallen tree, but he drives straight into it and like a branch or a root or something goes between between him and Allison doesn't 
hit either of them, but the accident knocks everyone out. So we go to black and we don't see anything. And when Dale comes to, Allison is gone. Tucker has crawled over to a tree and that leads to our next clip. You took her. I tried to stop him. <coughs> oh, take it easy. I'll tell you something, Dale. It's gonna be a long time before I take a vacation again. Oh, shit. Tucker, this is all my fault. Look at you. I never should have talked to Allison. You were right. People like me and people like her just don't mix. It's not true. It is true. I never should have even came out here with you. Listen to me. <laughs> do you remember when we was kids and we used to go catch frogs down at that creek? Yeah, yeah, I guess I do. Remember how we used to compete to see who could catch more? Yeah, I don't think now is the time to talk about it, Tucker. I used to tell you that I let you catch more than me because I felt sorry for you. I remember you used to let me lick them all, too. That always made me feel kind of funny. <laughs> well, the thing is, I didn't let you catch more. You caught them on your own. You was quicker than I was. Come on, Tucker. It's true. What I'm trying to tell you is that you're better than you think you are. Listen to me. That girl sees it. I've seen the way that the two of you look at each other. I think that she really sees you for who you are. Who knows, maybe after this is all done, you two can uh, date. <laughs> so, I doubt it. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. I don't want any more negativity. Okay. Stop it. Okay. You are a good man. You're smart and you're strong and you're not as ugly as you think you are. Thank you, Tucker. That means a lot coming from you. <sighs> Life is short. I know. You got to go after what you want. Go after her, Dale. She needs you now more than ever. Especially because she always falling down and hitting her head, knocking herself out. Okay, but I, I don't even know where he took her. Jangers now. But I'm not leaving you here. No, 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 no. I'll be fine. Go. <sighs> friends forever. Best friends forever. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. That hurt very much. I can tell. Just breathe in. Out through your mouth. Go get her. Go get her. Do me a favor. Anything. Kick the shit out of that little college dickhead for me, would you? I'm gonna shove my boot down his fucking throat. Can you stay here, okay? Come on, James. Let's go. Okay, so after this, Dale heads off. After Allison, using Jiggers to find her, he has a renewed vigor and confidence. Jiggers leads him to what I assume is an abandoned sawmill. It looks like it's partially abandoned, or it looks like it hasn't been used in a really long time. I don't know. Although there's some logs and maybe some of it's operational, but some of it hasn't been used in a really long time. Yeah. It's kind of derelict and defunct, but very cool and very creepy for your final showdown. All right, so we see at the abandoned sawmill, Psycho Douche is tying Allison to a log to be sawed in half like he's some kind of like old timey villain from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All he needed to do was twirl his mustache and go, This'll show you you'll be half the woman you used to be. <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> and then immediately after she's tied up and subdued, he immediately gets super fucking rapey once again on her. And it's extra fucking gross because his face is all burnt to shit. And he's like, You need to kiss me and show some passion. And it's just like, Ugh, I already hate you, dude. You don't have to keep pressing the issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Anyway, so Dale breaks into what looks like like some type of utility shed. Got a bunch of saws for, you know, carving up the logs and cutting down trees. Has the some uh, face protector pieces, various other equipment that a logger would need to start felling trees. Says something along the lines of, you want a killer hillbilly? I'll show you a killer hillbilly. And immediately goes into a sort of 
Evil Dead Sam Raimi montage as he suits up, which is pretty fucking badass. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, after that, we see him come walking in dressed like the killer hillbilly into the sawmill, and his appearance scares the living hell out of Allison. And I love how he's like, no, 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 it's me, it's me. He's like, why are you dressed like that? He's like, I thought it would be kind of intimidating and scary. And she goes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to try and untie her, and he can't untie her. He can't figure out how to do the knot or anything like that. And that's when the psycho douche ends up firing up all of the equipment there at the sawmill, particularly the saw that is going to be cutting the board Allison is strapped to in half. And then at some point, while Dale is really trying to undo the knots and get Allison safe, he decides to just go ahead and fire up the chainsaw and he starts cutting the ropes a little bit with the chainsaw. That's when the psycho douche swings down from the rafters and does like a swinging kick, sending Dale to the ground, knocking the chainsaw off to the side. He then tosses the axe at him, but then misses and then goes after him with a fucking lead pipe. Dale ends up spiking him in the leg with the like log climbing or whatever they would use to climb to cut the top part of a tree. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the spikes in his shoes. Yeah, they yeah. were on the side of his mm-hmm. the side of his shoes. He uses that to spike the kid in the leg, which takes him down to the ground. And then they get into a full-on slobber knocker drag out fight that ends up culminating in an axe toss, which is saving Allison that Dale does. That's pretty fucking superhero right there. Yeah, that's cool. And I love too when he tosses it to the side and he's like a last ditch effort. He's like, what am I going to do? This is all I got to save her. And when it cuts the ropes free, I love how the look on both Allison and Dale's face, they're both amazed that it worked. <laughs> they're like both completely shocked, like, holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> but Allison gets free and gets away from there. There's a really cool uh, chainsaw and metal pipe fight where Dale's like, all right, I'm going to kick your ass now. And he's like going at him with the chainsaw and the kid's the douche is defending himself with the fucking pipe and it goes back and forth like that. And at some point, Dale gets somewhat of the upper hand and he ends up tossing the chainsaw away at the psycho douche because all he really cares about at this point is getting Allison away from him. He doesn't really want to hurt the guy. Then he ends up knocking him over with the chainsaw toss and then he and Allie run off and they fortify themselves in an office, like in an upstairs area, which is, this is where I think it's totally abandoned because everything's covered in dust. Nobody's been up there. (laughs) But but it's also a sawmill, so who knows where all the dust is coming from. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You do know? Yeah. So is it abandoned or is it all sawdust? Sawdust. It's all sawdust? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They go rooting through the office trying to find something or anything that they can use as a weapon and they end up coming across a newspaper article that is proof that psycho douche Chad is actually half hillbilly that his mother was actually uh, I guess during the sexual assaults or whatever that might have happened when she was held captive by the hillbillies she got pregnant by one of them and he's in fact half hillbilly they try to use this when they confront him to basically say hey why do you hate us you're half hillbilly and he says nothing is true anymore he's completely around the bend he's so fucking nuts he doesn't even care what they have to say so he goes after Dale once again trying to kill him Dale ends up using chamomile tea to activate the asshole douche's asthma which we heard earlier in one of the clips the kid can't really get his shit together because his anaphylactic shock that he's having is keeping him from being able to breathe and at one point Dale says oh he'll be fine as long as we can get him in his inhaler but this is enough to keep him you know out of the way for now and take all the spitfire out of him but the kid falls out of the fucking window at the top of this office to the ground and then they cut from this or fade from this into a reporter from the opening of the film getting ready to give a report and that leads to our final clip the chaos and confusion of what transpired here last night is still being unraveled what appears to be a tragic mass suicide involving a group of mentally unstable college kids may in fact be the work of a lone deranger body knock knock hey 
Hey, buddy, how you feeling? I'm feeling high on prescription medication. Yeah, looks like it. <laughs> they found my fingers. Check it out. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I don't remember that one looking that way. Does it look funny to you? No, no, not really. It, that looks natural. It's good. Hey, hey, by the way, I brought you something. Hey, shut your eyes, okay? Alright. Open them. Oh, oh, buddy. That's a PBR, buddy. That... That's a big beauty. It's cold too, should oh, be. Oh, oh, what oh. else I got you? Oh. Bendy Straw, your favorite sipping utensil. Mm. There you go. Mm. 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 Don't choke. I'm gonna let you rest. You enjoy that, okay? Drink the whole thing, so when I come back, I'm gonna have some more. Uh, Dale. Yeah. Did you ask her? Ask her what? Did you ask her out for God's sake? Oh, well, I was gonna, but then uh, I never actually got the chance, so. Dale. You are hopeless, you know that? You're hopeless. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Except for, she kind of mentioned to me that she's a pretty darn good bowler. So, we're going bowling. <laughs> you little dickhead. I'm out of here. <laughs> Ow. Dale Thompson, you were one lucky man. I guess it's just beginner's luck. <laughs> that girl has got an amazing chef with bowling fingers. I know. Listen, let me tell you something, okay? Life is short, BJ. You have to go after what you want because it sure as heck fire ain't just gonna fall right into your lap. You know something, you're right. I know. I'm gonna go talk to her. Okay. All right, now listen to me, though. Don't be nervous and just be yourself, okay? Yeah. You got it. Go, buddy. Hey. I'm pretty good at this, aren't you I? Are. That was great. <laughs> this is, uh, Ellie. Uh, I hope you don't think this is too stupid or whatever, but I got you a little something. Well, <laughs> that's so sweet. You didn't have to do that. I know. I wanted to. Oh, my God. You know what that is? Yes, it's a, it's a helmet. It's a big helmet. <laughs> I think, you know, it might just be better if you wear that every day from now on. So. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you. You're welcome. It's perfect. So, listen, Dale, I'm, a, I'm really sorry about everything that happened. What do you mean? For what? I had a great time. I mean, except for, you know, all the people dying and when they were bleeding on us and everything. That wasn't so much fun, but, you know, I, I enjoyed every minute that I got to spend with you. Just you know what? Let me let me just let me just say this because I don't know if we're ever gonna get to spend this kind of time together again. And I just want to let you know that I. I feel the same way. Really? Really. BJ. Oh my God! Should we go help her? Hell no. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so Dale apparently has someone else's fingers, and I'm guessing it might be one of Chloe's, given the color of the nail polish. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that one looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently he's going to be able to bowl now because he has the two fingers back and they seem to work. And so Allie and Dale avoid the trouble that we heard there at the end of his friend misunderstanding how to go get what you want in life. <laughs> <laughs> they decide that they're going to let somebody else dealing with this because they're tired of dealing with kidnapping and all of that kind of shit. So they just kind of start making out while Dale's friend does this crazy shit at the bowling alley. And while they just kind of kiss and ignore all of this kidnapping that's going on, that ends the film and we roll curve credits okay so we have a couple of stories to tell wrapped around this film of some experiences and things like that you're not even gonna like share that like he actually gets the girl in the end i mean what that dale gets the girl yeah. at the end? yeah i said they were making out i know but it's a little more than that <laughs> she tells him she loves him we heard that in the clip i don't think she loves him oh no she just ends up kissing him when he's trying to tell her how he feels yeah. That he wants he to be with him. She initiates the Yeah, they the want kiss. a relationship, basically. Yeah. Okay, so it has that little romantic tinge to it that I always tend to ignore in movies that I don't like. But yes, <laughs> they end up together and they're happy. I think Matt probably points that out. 
you always during movies. <laughs> what, the people are falling in love? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> He's the romantic one of you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah totally all right so we have a couple of different stories who have experiences for watching with this movie but i do have some sad news looks like tucker and dale's uh versus evil 2 wasn't going to happen or isn't going to happen they did hire somebody to write a script for it but it didn't work they didn't like it they thought it was bad so they just kind of abandoned it and they haven't gone back to it however we were talking about how you can love to see both alan tudyk and tyler labine on screen together apparently there is a bbc america series dirk gently's holistic detective agency and they both appear in that so that sounds like really good news i'm actually kind of interested in checking that out no it's on uh hulu? I, think it's, I think it's on hulu or netflix i can't remember yeah which. heather was telling me about that well since they're both in it now i definitely want to check uh, it out yep <laughs> so there we go all right so the first story that i think we should probably tell is about when we showed this to our our friend alex okay you remember uh he was staying over because it was snowy so we, we were just gonna basically party it up and it was around his birthday so i bought him uh like a, what a 12 pack of beer oh okay yeah for his no, birthday. Now. yeah, yeah and I basically said, you see that guy there with the white belt, which I'm talking about Psycho Douche Chad. And I said, every time he acts like a douchebag, take a drink. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> not even halfway through the film, but he was pretty plowed. Yeah. He finished that case by himself, <laughs> at least. Yeah, he crashed on the couch, that's for sure. Yeah, he was out hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, the most famous uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil story that we're going to have to tell. Oh, boy. I don't think it was the first time you watched it, though, though. I no, because I fell asleep. You fell asleep a few times while you were watching it, but no. Yeah. This, I can't remember how many times we've actually watched the movie, but I'm pretty sure the first time. I did not fall. No, you 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 watched the movie the whole way through, even on the time that we're telling the story about. Oh, okay. But um, I this became kind of a movie that you and I would put on after partying it up or hanging out, and we're ready to go to sleep at night, and we would watch it. Well, that, yeah, and this, and then we started making sure that everybody that we knew saw it. So saw we watched it. it a ton of times. We wanted everybody to see it because we really love this film. We both yeah. do, which is probably not a surprise to anybody that's heard us do this coverage. But anyway, uh, sometime in that night where we both crash out in the basement in the theater room after we got done watching the movie and we're hanging out or you know you were asleep and i was watching something else on the tv with headphones on in the basement before we went up to go to bed okay. you were out cold you what i thought was you waking up and you screwing around and trying to mess with me out of the blue in your sleep you just start screaming college kids college kids i don't remember any of this no no because you were like sleepwalking basically yeah. and this wasn't the first time that something like that had happened but i thought for sure that you were awake and you were screwing with me and like, at first I thought it was funny, but I couldn't get you to stop screaming it. <laughs> like you were shouting college kids a lot. And at some point you look me straight in the eyes when I'm like, Bev, please stop shouting. I'm like, please just shut up. You know, I'm like, it's not funny anymore. And you're like, but the college kids, they're scared of us. They think we want to kill them. We got to, we got to save them. We got to keep them from getting themselves hurt or something like that. And immediately I was like, holy crap, she's still asleep. She's like dreaming wide awake looking at me. It's crazy. And then at some point you look at me and you go, and I, I think I, I ended up saying like, Bev, we are in our basement. You've just been asleep. You're just having a dream or something. Look around. There are no college kids anywhere near us right now. <laughs> And you look around the house and you're, you know, you're like, you're looking around the, the, off the couch, looking around the room in the theater room and stuff. And you just kind of look up at the ceiling and look around and you kind of realize where you're at. And you're like, you look at me and you have these really doughy, like little kids, sad eyes. And you go, there are no college kids. I'm like, there are no college kids, honey. You're just having a dream. And you go, okay. And you immediately roll over, pull the blanket over yourself and drop your head on the pillow. And I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> and you go right back to sleep. And I tell you the story the 
next day and you don't believe me and you don't think it's real. And it I don't. It's like being a good week to realize, <laughs> okay, maybe that probably happened. This wasn't the first time that, I mean, you do have episodes where you'll talk to me in your sleep and you'll, you'll not remember that you like basically like almost sit up and actually interact with me yeah. while you're like asleep. You're out cold. Usually happens after a bottle of wine. <laughs> I didn't want to imply that, but yeah, <laughs> when you've been drinking, it tends to happen a little bit more. Yeah. I'm fully out. Yeah. But there's been times too where you're just exhausted and you've had a really, really long day. I think it happened at Disney where uh, you fell asleep and I had, I had basically been getting cleaned up or something like that. And I came back uh, in, you know, into the main part of the hotel room. And I think I, I, I asked you, are you asleep? And then you sat up and said, no, let's watch some TV. And you don't remember <laughs> sitting down and watching a show with me or anything, even though you were asleep. Nope. You're like the most adorable little like sleepwalker ever. <laughs> I'm always worried that you're going to get up and do something. though. I kind of wonder what's going to happen in that regard, but that never really seems to happen. You just kind of... I never sleepwalk. I just talk in my sleep. It happens. You you sleepwatch TV. That happens a lot where you don't want to believe that you're asleep and then you start watching TV. <laughs> All right. No one needs to hear about that. <laughs> Well, do you remember there was one time where you actually woke up and wanted to turn on the TV and watch it when we had been out cold for like hours and hours and hours? It was like three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. And you, the TV was blaring loud and you didn't know how to turn it down. And you were like babbling something to me about how like you didn't know it was already on. You didn't know it was already on. And I'm like, Beth, we've been asleep. It's three in the morning. What are you doing? <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> and I just hand over the remotes and I go right back to sleep. Usually you get a little huffy with me and you're upset because you you, you get busted that you're sleepwalking. <laughs> and then you don't remember it and then I tell you the next morning. <laughs> uh, but mm. it's adorable though. I love you. <laughs> Me too, yeah, but this movie's great. It's a ton of fun, and we did. We showed this to everybody we knew. We we talked about it and tried to get everybody to watch it and talk it up a ton. Yeah, so I do much a fun. Shout out to Jeremy and Bradley for dressing up as Tucker and Dale at our Halloween party. Jeremy and Bradley of the Deuce yes. Podcast. Of the Deuce Podcast. <laughs> Listen yeah. to them; they're awesome. Did they win Best Couples? For our little trophies that we did on the Halloween party for um, that? I don't know. I, we weren't doing trophies, or were we not doing it at that time when they dressed up? No, I'm pretty sure we were. I'm mm. not sure if they... I think they should have got best costumes. Yeah, I mean, they were literally, like, costume. perfect. The costume, yeah. The, well, they great. spent a lot of time. The, the giver hat and everything was yeah. even, yeah, just set up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I just remember them, like, walking, like, in the door. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they had the fake blood in the right spots and everything. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, big shout out to the boys from the Deuce podcast jeremy and bradley for dressing up as tucker and dale for a halloween event yeah <laughs> and they said they did it for me too so yeah i, I do believe I definitely voted for them i do believe that if it i think it was before we started doing the costume award stuff that we were doing yeah because that i think that was even before they got married mm, no i don't I, I don't know i can't nobody remember. cares about this, this yeah is, i know <laughs> no well, it's, it's gonna be at least like three or four years ago yeah. all right is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we move on and close out the show i love this movie <laughs> I, love, love, love. Would we love it as much as if you didn't have that little incident where you were convinced that they were college kids? Because we told that story to everybody when we were showing it to them at the end of the movie. No, I still want to show people it. I don't know. Anybody that hasn't seen it, you still want them to yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Because... <laughs> It's awesome. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, is it? I think it still is, yeah. But I bought the Blu-ray even though it was on Netflix. And then because I bought the Blu-ray, I got it as a, another add-on for Amazon Prime. I got the digital version of it, too, along with that purchase from Magnet yeah. and releasing. So that's pretty awesome. But yeah, 
<laughs> I'm glad I have the Blu-ray. Yeah, I can't count how many times we've actually seen it. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, we watched it a ton. <laughs> for for a while there, we watched it almost every weekend when we were ready to go to sleep for the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another break here. I'm going to play a promo for our, my bromance boss in the little pot of horrors. Yeah, my Kool-Aid boss. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a little bit of music when we come back. We will close out this show. Throughout the history of the horror genre, there have been those that say horror is for the weak-minded. We, here at the Little Pot of Horrors, do not take kindly to such derisive inference. We are the bastions of tact, good taste, and highbrow horror discussion. Look no further discerning listener, for here, the world of modern horror is discussed with reverence, respect, and similitude of decorum. Such a bitch. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Tim Dorn, and you are listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. Even the people who hate horror love to talk about horror because they love to talk about how much they don't like horror. I don't know. Do you want me to Google horror movie ghost in the attic? Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows. And you know what? I'm listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. Seriously, though, join us for festival reviews, interviews, and guest spots from fellow beloved broadcasters. See, I told you I'd f*** it up. <laughs> My name's Gareth Evans, you're listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. By sexualized horror, do you mean torture? No. <laughs> no, exactly. I've got to bleep that now. <laughs> Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling horror author, Scott Sigler, and you are listening to The Little Pod of Horrors, which does for podcasting what Chucky does for daycare. The Little Pod of Horrors. The best idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Come find us on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes. If you dare. I'm clinging to the fabric of a life that's lost. The large unnecessary cost of death. Underneath the shades of lonely, I can bend, but I can't bring you back and forth. The steady sway of agony and irony, like ebony and ivory gone wrong. But this you don't want to talk over the song you just want to sit and jam out i know let everybody listen to the whole thing <laughs> it's like your favorite song from that band right i do larry and his flask ebb and flow and what's the album do you remember the name of the album that it's on okay um no i don't remember the that's album. enough information for them to be able to find it <laughs> yeah it's larry great. and his flask is a great band check them out folks we've seen them live twice now on two different occasions three, i think no remember? three yeah because they were the yeah. middle band for reverend horton heat so there you go yeah they're great live Oh, yeah, so much energy. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. I still don't like the way the stand-up bass player handles his bass by tossing it around and stuff. But you know what? He owns it. It's his thing. He can do what he wants. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> all right. Now, you are listening to the show, so you probably already know where to find it. But let all your friends know they can check us out on Legion Podcast. We are a proud member of Legion Podcast. And 
network. You can find us, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We got a Facebook group with all sorts of crazy memes, insane stuff going on, alternative photography. And right now there's currently an alternative photography war between Darren and our buddy Steve from the UK doing all sorts of crazy stuff with us. So have a blast. Join the Cinema PsyOps group. And it looks like it's fixed. Everybody can get back in there now. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Court PsyOps. You can find Matt on Facebook. He's Matt PsyOp, and he's that ugly-looking plank because he's too scared to show his own face. You don't want to see it. Yeah, he's fugly. (laughs) (laughs) And my wife is on Facebook, but leave her the hell alone. She's got other things to do. She doesn't need to be bugged by you guys. (laughs) I don't like Facebook. (laughs) No, you try to... No, but you guys should. Oh, sorry. Don't... Yeah. (laughs) Probably not put that on there. (laughs) (laughs) You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Tell him to quit the show and let Court's wife join on full time and let Bev be a member of the show. No. (laughs) You can email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let him know how much you appreciate having his wife on the show. Tell him to quit the show and let his wife run it on her own. Don't do that either. (laughs) You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop and Matt is at psyop Matt to send us your naked photos of hot people. We need to see more of that. Don't do that either. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to see that. All right, folks, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. And thank you so much to my amazing and wonderful wife for joining me to help fill in for another episode thank you have a doozy of a day (laughs) see you guys later kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch